You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 18. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. everybody, it's Dr. Kieran here, here with another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Today we're talking about a very pertinent and important topic. We'll be talking about breast implant illness. So listen up. Please help me welcome Christina Rowland. Christina is a health and fitness expert. She is a self-love guru who, through her own personal battles with binge eating disorder and breast implant illness, has discovered that lack of self-love and poor body image are part of the root cause of illness. She has successfully coached thousands of women from all walks of life in the areas of weight loss, binge and emotional eating recovery, and in the creation of true health and wellness. And she's a tremendous resource when it comes to implant illness as well. Christina is the founder of Size Happy, which is currently the hottest self-love movement online. It is my pleasure to welcome Christina Rowland. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So grateful to be here with you. I know that we connected on Facebook through a group of wellpreneurs that we belong to um, around the issue of implant illness because it's a very pertinent topic for me right now. And you have a vast experience and with this. So I'd love to get into talking about implant illness. Yeah. So before I kind of get into this topic, I do want to say that you know, what I'm going to say or might say, it's not medical advice by any means, um, but this is absolutely from my own personal experience, from my own perspective of everything, Um, you know, just from everything that I've gone through with this, with breast implant illness, um, especially over the last four years. Um, So where would you like to start? Do you want to start with the symptoms, what to look out for? I mean, we can go in all angles. I love for people to talk about first, I'd love for you to talk about why you do what you do and why you're passionate about what you're passionate about. Because I think it's that that speaks to people the most who you are and why you do what you do. So I'd love if you can talk about your journey. Sure. So like you mentioned, um, I struggled with my weight with restrictive eating in high school with binge eating disorder in my mid 20s. And it all revolved around just me being dissatisfied with my body, not liking my body, Um, dieting to extremes, overeating to extremes, and being obsessive about always wanting to change my body and never truly being satisfied with it. And so, um, you know, over, I'm 35 now, I dealt with that basically since I was 15. And so over the years, looking back, I realized that a lot of it just stems from just not loving myself, not respecting myself, um, feeling unworthy, unattractive. Um, And, you know, the same thing with breast implant illness or just breast implants in general. You know, I did that also because of, for the same reasons, just lack of self-love, 
not having confidence, not feeling like I was enough, whether that be attractive enough, um, deserving enough, so on and so forth. So, you know, the reason why I do what I do is one, it's just in my nature to want to help people. And, you know, when I talk to women online, I know exactly what they're going through, whether it be with the binge eating disorder, not loving their body. And especially now I'm really enthralled um, with helping women who have breast implant illness or who have implants and are experiencing symptoms that they didn't realize could be or might be tied to their breast implants. Um, Because for most of us, myself included, we're told that they're safe. And some people are told that you never have to replace them. And, you know, you do have to replace them every eight to 10 years. Um, I had mine for 12 years. So um, I do what I do just because I'm, I'm really passionate in helping women not only look better, but to ultimately feel better and live, live a life that just they wake up every morning and they're excited, excited about something, right? Um, and I just feel like just from my own personal experiences, I'm just qualified to be able to help them. And I can totally understand and relate to them on that personal level. Um, Cause a lot of times I know what they're thinking. I know what they're feeling. I know what they're going through. And so I can really relate to those women. Um, and that's really what fuels my passion is I, I sit back and before I write a blog or before I do something, I think about the women out there who are going through what I've been through and I just want to help them. I want to be that person for them that Mm -hmm. I needed when I was going through my own issues. Yes. And I think it's particularly important that people who have had these similar experiences and who have a foundation in fitness and wellness and health are speaking and leading and helping and guiding women through this because the traditional healthcare community is not doing that. So you would think that women could go to their gynecologists or their plastic surgeons or their doctors and get this guidance, but they're not. What they're going to get is, oh, no, your implants aren't causing a problem. Why do you think that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's left to the rest of us to figure this out. Um, So thank you for doing what you do. Uh, And, and there's a lot of information on the internet, but even myself, you know, I said that, that it's a pertinent topic because I'm actually scheduled to have explantation in the next few weeks because I have implant illness and, you know, I was a little harried this morning when we were getting on the the call because I had a mammogram pre-surgery yesterday Hmm. screening and they called me this morning to say, oh, by the way, there's an abnormality on your mammogram. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that I, I talk with women about, but I've never had an abnormal mammogram before. And so they say, oh, it's a, you know, nine millimeter nodule. And my gut tells me it's nothing. And I got some signs from the universe that tell me that it's nothing. However, I did a podcast the other day with Carol Laurie. And we were talking about the false positive rate of mammography and how up to half of women are called in for abnormalities. And not only the physical cost of that, but the psychological and emotional cost. So even though in my gut, I know it's nothing and I've gotten some signs from the universe that it's nothing, there's in the back of my head, 
oh, but, but, but. <laughs> yes. I love how that little voice can creep in. It wants to keep you safe, you know, but what if, what if this could be that? Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and I love that for you, that the, the self-love piece is huge because for me, I do think a root cause of all illness is lack of self-love or self-love deficit disorder. I've right. heard somebody call it. <laughs> Um, because you really need to love yourself to care for yourself the way you need to care for yourself to be optimally healthy and to uh, address problems. Um, so I'd love it if you could talk about um, your personal journey okay. with implant illness. What made you know that there was a problem? Maybe we could touch on some of the symptoms that women might be experiencing. Sure, that's great. Okay, so... In 2000, or I'm sorry, yeah, in 2006, um, I was 23, I got breast implants. For the first five years, I didn't experience any symptoms. And then once I had my son in 2011, I started to get really, really tired and brain foggy, almost like I was just walking in a cloud, really spacey, having a hard time remembering things. Um... And I just chalked it up to just having a baby. I'm tired. I'm a newly stay-at-home mom now. I'm not working, not getting out of the house as much, so on and so forth. And over the years, it just never got better. And it just started to get worse. And over the years, I would get another symptom or two. Um, In 2014, this is when things, like I just knew something was wrong. So I had a lymph node in my armpit get really tender and swollen. And I was like, well, that's not normal. Your body just doesn't, um, you know, you're nothing. What am I trying to say? Your body is trying to tell you something. It's reacting to something. Um, Your body just doesn't create swollen lymph nodes for no reason. There must be something going on with my body. And so I went to my gynecologist, told her she didn't seem too concerned and so I just chalked it off. She says, if it comes back in, um, in a month or two, then go to your doctor. And I was like, okay, fine. And it, it ended up going away, but then it came back two months later. And this is when I really started to freak out. I was like, okay, something's really going on with my body. And then that's when my anxiety and depression really started. Um, that's also when I started to lose a lot of hair. Um, I remember one time I, and this only happened to me once and who knows what it was really from, but I had uncontrollable tremors. Like it was almost like I was extremely cold and I just couldn't stop shaking. And I just remember laying in bed with covers on me and it was like the scariest, it was the scariest feeling. Um, so I called 2015 my hell year. It's just like the year where I'm getting ultrasounds on my breasts. I'm, I got a mammogram. I got blood work. Um, doctor wanted to prescribe me anti-anxiety medicine and I just didn't have the heart to take it. And I'm just sitting here trying to find answers, going to specialists, everything's coming back normal, or we can't find anything wrong with you. And I'm, I'm literally feeling like I'm falling apart. Um, and so, like you just mentioned, there's not only the physical symptoms that I'm dealing with, we also have the emotional, right? Like what is wrong with me? What if this, could it be that? I mean, I thought I had cancer. 
Um, I have a, a little boy and at that time he was like three or four and I'm just thinking the worst things like what if this and he doesn't have a mom, this and that. Um, and so I went on 2015, 2016, and then in 2017 is when I found out about breast implant illness. And I was sitting downstairs and I don't know why the news was on, but it was on and they were doing a segment on breast implant illness and about these handful of women who were experiencing all these similar symptoms and they realized it was from their breast implants. And after they got their breast implants removed without changing anything else in their lifestyle, all their symptoms either diminished or completely went away on their own just from removing their breast implants. Um, so over the years I've experienced uh, swollen lymph nodes in my armpits, major fatigue, brain fog, um, ringing in my ears. My vision was declining every single year. Um, hip pain, hip joint pain, and just stiffness. Every morning I woke up, I felt like I was 80 years old. And at the time that this all started, I was 31. And I'm just like, why, why am I dealing with all of this stuff? I'm so young. I exercise. I take care of myself. I've been studying health and nutrition since I was 15. I know what to do. I'm doing all the right things. And I'm just not feeling my age at all. Um, also I couldn't control my body temperature, just always so cold, uh, gasping for air. It was actually one of my last symptoms that started last year. And that's just when I it was so scary. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but just being able to not get in a satisfying breath. And I was like, something is going like, something's wrong. <laughs> what is this? And I'm just so grateful that the news just happened to be on that day. I found breast implant illness and I knew the moment I heard that, that, that is what's going on, that it's like, why didn't I think of that earlier? And why didn't, why didn't a doctor think to ask me, well, do you have implants or do you have any foreign objects in your body? Um, anything like that. And it's from people like you that are helping me raise awareness that maybe one day more doctors and surgeons will ask their patients, you know, do you have implants? Do you have silicone in your body, in your lips, anywhere? Do you have foreign objects in your body? Um, Cause that's, that's where it all stemmed from for me. And um, so I discovered that last year. And mm -hmm. then this summer I scheduled my explant surgery. And this is like a whole another little mini story, but I, I scheduled my surgery for actually this Monday coming up November 26th. Cause I wanted to get it done after Thanksgiving and I just didn't want to wait four months. So I asked the universe, I said, okay, if I'm supposed to go with this doctor, show me this sign. But if I'm supposed to get in sooner and go with this, this surgeon, then give me this sign. And on the same day I woke up, it was a Monday morning. I think it was July 31st. I woke up and I got my sign and I said, okay, I guess I'm supposed to bump up my date and go with this surgeon. Not even 20 minutes later, I opened my phone. I'm on the plastic surgeons, um, Instagram story. And it says that this surgeon has an opening this Thursday, if you'd like to take it. And it was the surgeon that the universe told me that I should go with. And I was like, Wow. So I, I went from that morning waking up thinking I had four months of surgery to being four days of surgery because I was begging the universe. I was like, please, I'm not feeling good. I'm very anxious. Just help me whatever it takes to get my surgery done sooner. And 
and it happened. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, the symptoms that you mentioned that you suffered with are very common. There can be myriad symptoms in various body systems. And I'm going to do an episode for everybody listening where I'm going to give you the slides and the hard data on on this. Um, And so I'm going to break down everything. But today I want to really focus on Christina's personal story. And we'll talk about mine as well and see if anything identifies, but make sure you stay tuned for that episode that's going to come up soon where I'm going to run through A to Z implant illness for you. Uh, but commonly, even I'll see this with patients, uh, a lot of muscle pain, so fibromyalgia, a lot of joint pain in young women in their 20s and 30s that have no reason to have joint pain, Non-specific symptoms in hair, skin, and nails, which I call the canary in the coal mine. Uh, so hair loss, thinning hair for no reason, um, skin problems, eczema, psoriasis, um, and fingernail problems, brittle, breaking, dry nails. Uh, there can be problems with vision, cognition, foggy thinking, memory loss, headaches, so a lot of brain system symptoms. Uh, reproductive symptoms such as infertility, irregular periods, polycystic ovarian syndrome. There really is no system in the body that is exempt from implant illness symptoms. So they can affect all parts of the body. And the problem is that when you have these very nonspecific generalized systems, symptoms in various systems, and you go to the doctor and we're taught that implant illness really isn't a thing, except now it's been shown definitively that it can cause certain types of uh, lymphomas, Uh, then your doctor isn't trying to put together causality. Your doctor's basically trying to figure out what what diagnosis do I give and what drug do I need to treat it with to control the symptom? So they're not necessarily always concerned with finding the root cause, but implant illness is a root cause of lots of these different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to add on some other symptoms just for our listeners out there. Um, I do hear heart palpitations a lot, vertigo a lot, um, digestive issues a lot where they were able to eat whatever they ate pre-implant. And then as soon as they got the implants, they started to have all these digestive issues, food sensitivities, food allergies. Um, And then, I mean, I've even seen Hashimoto's and thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually talked to my surgeon about that. And he said one lady was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and got her explant. And then like six months later, without changing really anything, her Hashimoto's went to remission. So um, even a lot of thyroid issues. So, you know, if anybody's experiencing all those symptoms that we just mentioned, you know, and, and if you have implants, you know, it's definitely something to look into. Yes. And particularly with the autoimmune disease, like the Hashimoto's, I've seen patients have positive ANAs or other what we call autoantibodies, meaning their immune systems making antibodies to their own cells, mm-hmm. very common with implants. And basically your doctor's waiting to make a diagnosis of what is the name of the disorder. So I know what drug to give you to shut down your immune system, but really not necessarily looking at what's causing the disruption with autoimmune disease. It's typically toxicity from the gastrointestinal tract and or from toxins like 
implants, which are artificial bodies. So lots of symptoms. So if you're having these myriad disparate types of symptoms and you have implants, you need to be thinking implants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, um, I do want to mention this. It's super important that oftentimes women are like, well, my implants aren't leaking. Well, my implants, when they took them out, Mm. looked beautiful, looked perfect, looked brand new yet I was very sick for, for four years, you know, very ill. Um, your implants do not have to be leaking for you to experience symptoms. I hear that all the time um, from women who are like, well, my doctor told me that my implants aren't leaking or I just got an in, an, a, a mammogram and my implants were leaking. So they're telling me that it, it can't be from my implants. It's just not true. It's from everything that I've seen. I'm very heavily involved with um, lots of people in the breast implant illness community, lots of women who are explanting who have explanted their implants weren't leaking either. And they were experiencing all the symptoms that you and I are experiencing. Um, and another thing that I think is really important is that it doesn't have to be just silicone implants, saline mm-hmm. implants, the shell of the saline implants have the same 40 plus toxins on that shell that silicone implants have. And something that I've seen with saline implants is that they can harbor mold and bacteria inside of them. And that's something that, that, and I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this, but you won't really know about that until it's explanted and you actually see the, the dark flakes floating around in your saline implant that, oh my gosh, there's, I've been harboring mold inside of my implant. So, you know, if you're thinking that, oh, well, I have saline implants, um, this must not apply to me. It's just not the case from everything that I've seen. Right. I think those are two very good points that it's also the saline implants, not just the silicone, and that your implants don't have to be leaking. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like to give the analogy that if you have in a sealed plastic container in your fridge, some food that sits there for a couple months and starts going bad, you can smell that food, even if it's in a sealed container because there, there is leakage that occurs. Um, so it may not be uh, on the macroscopic level that they would see it on a mammogram, but even that shell has the toxins in it. And so that's what your body can react to. They don't have to be leaking. And so regarding the surgery that you have, there are lots of different types. You can have capsulectomy, you can have on block removal. Talk about what your experience was with that. Sure. Um, so I went with Dr. Dev from Aqua Plastic Surgery in Jupiter, Florida. And I mean, he does everything. So he'll do it on block, which means that they take the capsule, which your body, uh, I don't want to say produces, but your body creates or I mean, what word would you yes. use? It's your just, body yeah, your creates body, it's just, it's around just any thing. foreign body. Like yes. even if you get a splinter that you don't remove, your body will encapsulate that splinter. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it does, it does that. that to protect you, right? right? So you do it on block where they take the capsule mm-hmm. out and the implant in in one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you happen to have any capsule or any implant or any scar tissue that might be attached to a rib or a muscle, anything like that, they go back in and they do a capsulectomy to where they either just peel it out. Um, Sometimes they have to scrape it out or cauterize it out. Um, If you do have anything um, that's attached to a rib or anything in your body. And then he also does any muscle repair if needed. So, you know, if if you have anything that needs to be repaired. Um, And then I opted to get the nerve block which just helps for about three days with your pain level. Um, so I was feeling pretty good after, after my surgery. I 
didn't really have any discomfort. Um, we did find that I had a lot of scar tissue wrapped around my lymph node that was actually giving me all the trouble. So he was able to safely and effectively release that scar tissue from my lymph node and get that out of my body. Um, and then I also had a little bit of scar tissue wrapped around one of my main nerves that gives sensation to the nipple. And I got all this on video. I opted for the video. So I was able to just see all this. Um, so yeah, I did it. The on block capsulectomy and I did get a lift as well at the same time. Um, I know a lot of women ask me, can you get a lift? Is it safe to, I did it. No, no issues. I, I have seen a lot of women get lifts, um, during their on, during their explant as well. And the whole fat transfer is kind of up for debate. My, my surgeon in particular doesn't feel it's safe to really do a fat transfer at the same time as you're doing your explant, just because there's so much trauma going on. And now you're adding that to it. But, um, my surgery went great. No issues. I think it took about three and a half hours and within about three weeks, a three week mark, I just started to feel amazing. When people ask me, I, I tell them I literally feel like a brand new woman inside of a brand new body. I feel like, I feel like I'm 20 again before I got my implants. I feel not only physically better, but I, I feel like I have a new personality. I feel like I'm wittier, funnier, sassier, um, bubblier. I'm just happier, more peace of mind, just relief, all of it. Um, I just wish about, I would have done it sooner. How <laughs> about some of the other it. symptoms that you were having? Have they all gone away? Yeah. So energy has been through the roof, like through the roof. <laughs> um, brain fog is definitely gone. I'm thinking a lot sharper. I'm remembering a lot of things. Um, yeah. All of my symptoms that I mentioned, my vision is a lot better. Ringing in my ears is gone. My lymph node has been gone since my surgery. And I was dealing with that every single month for four years since 2014, every single month. And it's been gone since my surgery. I'm still like checking my armpit. Okay. Is it going to come back? it's been gone, completely gone. Um, the only thing that I'm really dealing with are some days I will still gasp for air. And I feel like I still am losing more hair than I should be. I know that things do take time and all that, but, um, you know, for everything that I've been dealing with over the last four years, I'll take, I'll take a bad day or two with gasping for mm -hmm. air and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm feeling a thousand times better. And this is the same story you hear with women over and over again who are having nonspecific health problems and who suspect they have implant illness who have their implants removed, usually within three to four months, if not sooner, they feel great yeah. and most all of their symptoms go away. So it's, it's something to really take a look at. I'd love to talk about, it's really got me thinking about. Okay. The currency that is a woman's breasts and mm -hmm. what they mean and what they symbolize and our beauty and what lengths we're willing to go to to have that ideal with plastic surgery, breast implantation, 260,000, I believe 266,000 implants done annually, mm -hmm. and 50,000 now annually explantations or removals. But what what are your thoughts around that? Around a woman's breasts? 
And why, why are we willing to have potentially life-threatening surgery and have an artificial body placed in our body just to look better? Mm-hmm. I think it all has to do with society. I think it just has to do with what you see on TV, what you think is normal, what you think that other guys think is attractive. Um, I think, I think some women feel like the bigger the breast, the more womanly they are. It's just, we put so much emphasis on, on our breasts in correlation to being sexy or attractive. Mm -hmm. And again, I just think a lot of that is from what you see in magazines and, and on TV, all those girls are getting the attention or, you know, they seem like they have all this confidence. And so other women, they want that. And they, they truly do feel like after I get breast implants, then I'll be complete or then I'll whatever, fill in the blank for them. But, you know, going through what I've been through, it's, it's just not the case. We, we can't put that much pressure on ourselves. And one of my big messages that I'm trying to get across is, you know, I want women to fully love and embrace and appreciate their natural body and not wait until they have something to be happy or to feel sexy. I think, you know, waiting for happiness until you achieve something or have something, it just robs you of the now and everything in front of you. And I think a lot of us need to undo what we've been told by society and and their definition of what beautiful and attractive is. No, we need to make up our mind about what we think being beautiful and attractive is. That's not up for my husband to think, um, a magazine to think, TV to think, society to think. I am beautiful. I don't need anybody else telling me, telling me different. You are beautiful. You know, we all need to get our power back and get our voice back and, take all of that back and just basically say F you, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not listening to you. I get to decide for myself what beautiful is and I'm beautiful and I'm unique and I'm special and I don't need this or that to, to blend in and um, make me feel like I'm deserving of, of whatever. Well, I I think it gets back to your whole issue that you're talking about and I talk about too, which is self-love. And I think most of us or a lot of us are not taught to appreciate and value and love ourselves growing up. And we're taught to look externally for the ideal and then we have to meet it. Success is these jobs. Success is this house. Success is this money. Success is looking this way, marrying this way, et cetera, et cetera. And then we are externally directed and not necessarily appreciating. And so everything that we do, and I'm a, I'm a victim of my upbringing and programming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we become externally directed, external ideals that we rate ourselves by. Right. And ultimately, all of that to me is a rejection of self and a lack of self-love. Yeah. And really taking that locus of control and bringing it back into ourselves and really questioning everything. What do I believe? What do I believe is beautiful? What do I believe is valuable? What do I believe is a good career or a good house or a good life? And really bringing that back in 
Uh, but this is just really highlighted for me the degrees even to which I have been indoctrinated into this culture. Um, it's funny because I, well, it's not funny. I don't know. It's interesting probably is more the word. But I had a God-given C cup as a breast size. And then I became morbidly obese and I weighed 240 plus pounds. Mm -hmm. And so I think at the one point I was a double D, my breasts were so big and it was causing horrible neck and back pain. So I actually had a reduction to treat the symptom, which is typical mainstream medicine management. And then when I lost all the weight and went down to 140 pounds, I went down to less than an A breast size. Uh And so I said, oh, well, I know how to fix this. And at the time, even though I had discovered functional medicine and natural remedies, I wasn't really up on the latest on implant illness, had them placed. And that was six years ago. And here we are six years later, and they're making me sick. So if I had left well enough alone from the beginning, and just addressed the root cause of the weight issues and lost it and just maintained my regular breast size, I wouldn't have had that. But it's really made me look at for myself and with my patients, how um, we define beauty and at what lengths we're willing to go and the costs of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. All of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how do you counsel women who say, well, if I have my implants removed, I am afraid that I won't be as womanly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hear it all the time. Women are so scared, um, not only of the surgery, but they're, they're really scared about what they're going to look like afterwards, because we don't even know going into surgery, what we're going to look like. Nobody can guarantee you're going to still have tissue or anything like that. I personally expect it to be completely flat. Um, and I was okay with that. You have to put your health first. You have to focus on your health. Um, take, take the focus off of your body and focus on your health. Focus on the adventures that you're going to be able to have. Focus on the things you're going to finally be able to do with life. Um, for the past four years, I have been lazy. You know, I've only been sitting on the couch. I haven't been wanting to do anything. Um, just thinking about running errands exhausted me. And after I got this, this explant, like I barely want to stay in the house anymore. I'm like writing. I'm much more involved online and everything. Um, you know, I would just really sit down with them and try to reframe their mind from focusing solely on their looks and focusing more on their health and all of all of the beautiful things that they're going to be able to do and their quality of life and the relationships that they're going to be able to strengthen and you know they're going to be able to be more present as parents it is very hard a lot of women it's a big adjustment to see yourself for the first time after surgery and see the scars and I mean, just for you as well, when you get out of surgery, things are going to be really smushed and wrinkly. And I do want to reassure everybody who is considering or going to have an explant surgery that the way your breasts look on day one or even week one is not how they're going to look on month six or year one. They change over time. Um, You know, you just got to be super patient with your body and super loving. It's, It's been through a very traumatic experience and it's on your side. It wants you to heal. It wants you to thrive. It's doing everything that it can on a daily basis to make sure that you're surviving. 
And so after the surgery, not only is it focusing on healing and repairing, it also has your other normal bodily functions and systems that it has to also keep in tip top shape. So, you know, I just think being super patient with your body and over the weeks, giving yourself grace. And I think a big one also is to allow yourself to feel. So if you feel pissed off that you did this surgery and you did this to yourself, feel it, like feel it. Don't judge it. Don't try to shove it aside, push it down, make it seem like it's not that important. You have to feel to heal. You have to, or it's always going to come up. Feel it. Feel those, like feel those feelings, think those thoughts, be mad, and then release it. Let it go. And then the same thing if you're sad, whatever it may be. But you have to, you have to feel all those things. And I mean, it gets easier in time, emotionally and physically. Yeah, I I love that. Really, you you do need to feel, I mean, it's a death of sorts. So there is a grieving and forgiving yourself for the decision that you made to have the implants. You didn't know what you didn't know. You couldn't know what you didn't know. And just as you're speaking, I'm even thinking a ceremony of sorts might be in order to release it, maybe writing out all the feelings that you have in a journal and then maybe burning that journal and having a special ceremony and releasing this episode of your life as you move on to another phase or level of, of loving yourself. Yeah. That's Um, beautiful. Yeah. I'm a big one for ceremonies. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, So I'm just formulating in my head, I think I'm going to do something around that because there, there are a lot of feelings and our tendency sometimes can be, which is not self-loving. Oh, I just need to go hang out with some people and have fun, or I just need to eat or buy something or go on a trip, (laughs) right? The external things instead of sit with this and really be present with the fact that uh, I'm angry that we as physicians allow something as toxic to be uh, a mainstream standard treatment. Um, But it's, it's similar to the mercury fillings in our teeth that are still allowed to be placed. Uh, So there, there are a lot of things, not necessarily just this in medicine, that uh, practices that continue to this day that are not health promoting. And I, as a physician, feel like we should be doing everything to protect people's health. So I get really frustrated with that. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. And I can imagine more so on your end because you're a physician. So yes. And when you were talking, I was also thinking size happy. Talk about that. Yeah. So size happy. I mean, it's being happy with whatever size you are whatever, and, and, and is it your breast size? It's your jean size. It's everything. Just when you, when you, so for instance, if I'm, if I'm 40 pounds overweight, you're going to be able to lose weight in my opinion. And from everything that I've done and from the clients that I've coached, you're going to be able to lose weight so much easier in a sense. And with so much more ease, when you come from a place of happiness and not punishing yourself Um, like exercising to punish yourself, just exercise because you love yourself, right? Um, It's about embracing your body right now as it is. And that doesn't mean that you have to be content in your body. If you're not happy, you know, with the weight that you are, the shape that you are, 
do something about it. Absolutely. But be happy mm-hmm. with the way that your body looks now. Be happy with how it looks when you lose 10 pounds and another 10 pounds and another 10 pounds. Just, just genuinely be happy with every shape and size along the journey because our bodies are going to change every decade, you know, if not more than that. And, you know, it's just loving and embracing and appreciating your body. Um, Size happy is like we've talked about earlier, just undoing society's definition of what beautiful is and making that decision for yourself and standing in that. And yeah, I mean, that's just all of what it is. It's just being Mm -hmm. happy. everything just happens in life so much easier. And when you come from a place of happiness and gratitude. Yes, I I agree with that. And I, when I work with people in my boot camp, which is primarily centered around weight loss, I always tell them, you you know, you can't beat yourself thin. You have to love yourself thin. And one exercise I love to have people do is to the, the, the naked in front of the mirror full body exercise where you talk to your body and you tell it how much you love it and you talk to different parts of your body. And immediately when I tell people to do that exercise, most people's reaction is, what? You want me to what? Yeah. yeah. And it is kind of a trip. And if it's real hard for those listening to, to, to picture yourself doing that up front, start with one body part at a time. Yeah. Just start appreciating your hand, your right hand, and just looking at it and telling it what you appreciate about what it does for you and, and what things that you like about it. I have some freckles on my hand, which I love. Um, then maybe start with your feet, then pick another favorite part and just start doing it gradually. And the other thing you can do is if you do the full body mirror naked, is you can sit in front of the mirror and say that you love yourself and that you're beautiful. And then you can journal about the feelings that come up Mm. or the voices that you hear that say, no, that's not true. You don't think that. Um, Yeah. You can start dialoguing with that and journaling with that because there's something to be learned in there. But ultimately true self-love is being able to, look at yourself full frontal in the mirror naked and, and really feeling the same love that you, how you might look at your child and feel, Oh, I love that. You know, you can feel it viscerally, how you love your children feeling the same thing about yourself. And I really think that that exercise helps you to get there. What kind of tools do you like to share with people to amp up their self-love? Well, you know, we do have a lot of chatter in our heads as women, maybe, maybe men too, (laughs) but um, it's being more aware of those thoughts. And when you do have a thought, be like, okay, well, do I honestly believe that being super honest with yourself? Because a lot of this old programming might come from old boyfriends, or maybe you were raised in a house where your mother had weight issues and she was always, you know, making it known about her weight and her body. And so you just, subconsciously picked up on that and was like, Oh, well, I kind of look the same or it's just all these different messages through the decades that we've picked up that we maybe didn't realize. Um, And becoming more aware of those thoughts and being honest with yourself and reframing them. Um, You know, when you do catch yourself in, in a negative thought, come back with something positive. Even if you don't believe it yet, just come back with something positive. Like, no, that's not true. And then this, 
Um, another thing that I'm, I'm really big into helping women is to like remove everything toxic and that's including people. You know, if you are always around somebody and they're, when you leave, you know, you feel depleted, you feel ugly, you feel less than, you feel drained, it's probably not a good relationship. You know, you want to be around people who uplift you and give you energy and you're just like, wow, man, I had an amazing time with that person. But if you're always around somebody and every single time you're just left feeling uncomfortable and not good. You know, it's time to reevaluate that that relationship. I do feel like, especially for me, once I let go of all the people who are partying or, you know, settling in life and I started to involve myself more around people who were at the place that I wanted to be or at least willing to go to that place and grow, um, like everything in life just got so much better. So, um, you know, eliminating the toxic thoughts, the toxic people, obviously the toxic foods and the toxic things in your life. I'm just all about um, feeling things out energetically and seeing what feels good because that's basically our our body and our soul's way of telling us that this is in alignment with who you truly are. And when you feel those icky things, it's like, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? Uh, well, it's probably because of this. Um, so I'm very energetic and I just believe that when you're feeling stuck or you're feeling all those negative, uncomfortable emotions, then you're probably a little out of alignment and you're probably doing something that really isn't for your higher good and you know, that's wrong. So checking in, definitely becoming aware of people and how you're feeling. And then also something that I learned just last year <laughs> and I'm 35 is boundaries and boundaries were huge for me. Even with my husband, people will only treat you and speak to you the way that you allow them to. And once you put your foot down and say, you know what? I really don't appreciate when you speak to me that way. I don't appreciate when you do, or you don't do this and you raise your standards. Um, I think it really helps to increase your confidence, your confidence within yourself and the confidence that this is the direction I want my life to go. And these are the kinds of people that I want in my life. And, and these are my boundaries and, you know, you're either going to respect them or we'll learn ways to maybe work around that, or maybe it's just time for us to move on, which, you know, those things happen. I know for me, a lot of the people that I grew up with, they're not in my life today. Um, so I just think the boundaries and becoming aware um, are two huge things. I, I second that. Um, the internal GPS that we have about what's good for us and what's not, just like if we taste some food that's probably not in our best interest, if it's not, it's probably going to taste off to us. We put it down. But a lot of times what we're willing to put up with emotionally, we might be around some people and we leave there feeling less than, but yet we continue to be around those people. Yeah. It's the same thing as food doesn't taste good. You don't eat it because it's going to make you sick. If you're around people who make you feel less than. like, I don't read, look at any fashion magazines anymore. I don't even own a TV anymore. I really am very particular 
about what I allow into my consciousness and what I don't. And I only allow things in that are life-giving. Music, I mean, everything. (laughs) If it's not making me feel good, I like don't have, I don't I don't have time for it. I want to feel good. I want I want everybody around me, the work that I'm doing, the music that I'm listening to, the places that I'm going, the food that I'm eating. I want to feel good, you know. And I mean, everybody should be living that way. It's literally our soul's way of telling us that this is this is good for you. This is you need more of this. Nobody, you know. I feel like a lot is in our control, and we might feel that some things are out of our control, but for the most part, a lot is in our control and you have control over what you're eating, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, who you're hanging out. You have control over all of that. So if you don't like the way that something is, change it, change it or stop complaining. One of the two, you know, (laughs) right. Change it or stop complaining. Right. We've covered so many. Yes. We've talked about a lot of important topics. I think that hopefully the women listening have gotten some benefit. And if you are listening and you hear some of the symptoms that we're talking about with implant illness that you can relate to, it's something you probably want to check out and start reading about. And like I said, I'm going to do a podcast episode that I'll really break down um, all the data on implant illness, the state of implant illness. And we'll post that in the future so that you can get even more information What are you most excited about today that you're working on, Christina? And how can people find out more about the work that you're doing? Oh, man, I have so many things to be excited about. I mean, honestly, the obvious, I'm just excited to feel alive again. But I'm excited because, um, you know, I've become... I've made a lot of good friends in this breast implant illness community. And that is one good thing that... I have gotten out of this experience is meeting so many amazing women. Um, So size happy is going to be venturing off into breast implant illness and helping to educate women and raise awareness uh, with the possible risks associated with breast implants. Um, So I have a podcast launching soon. My website's going to be up soon. Um, March is breast implant illness awareness month. So I can't say anything yet, but there's going to be something really big happening that month for the women who have breast implant illness that me and a few other women are putting on for them. Um, And so you can find me Right now at sizehappy.net, excuse you, sizehappy.net. And then my podcast will be Size Happy as well. And then if you do want more information and you are on Facebook, I do have a Facebook group and it is Breast Implant Illness, Rejuvenation and Education with Christina. Um, I mean, it is, it is a high vibe, positive group. Um, we uplift each other, inspire, empower. We're not there to tell you what to do. Um, we're here to just offer support and whatever you decide to do, you know, we encourage that we're not here to tell you, you need to explant or you need to do this or anything like that. So, you know, that group, and then also on Instagram size, happy underscore with Christina. Awesome. And we'll put that information in the show notes too so people have access to it. I love to leave people with actionable items that can move them towards brilliant health. So from the topics we've covered today, 
or what you think is important for creating true health for women, what are your top three take action items you would challenge everybody listening to undertake today? Top three, I would say, because I'm woo-woo and very energetic, is start to be very intentional and aware about how you're feeling with everything around you. Um, Journal it. Be honest. Another thing, um, health-related, is, you know, a lot of us focus on our food and eating organic and stuff like that. But I would really encourage you to look into your bathroom and look under your kitchen sinks and also look at the toxins that could possibly be hiding under there and switch to those natural organic products. That's just another actionable thing. I think for me, you know, for years, it was something that I was missing was I was trying to eat good, but here I am spraying stuff in my house and lathering stuff on my body. Um, Another thing. Hmm. While you're thinking of that, I'll just add that it is important to change out your cleaning products under your kitchen and bathroom sink because your body responds to total toxic load in expressing illness. So implant Implants are only one part of that toxic load. So generally, if you're having implant illness, you probably have a significant amount of other toxins in your body that are making you sick, including from the cleaning products that you're using in your house, pesticides in your food, water, your tap water you're drinking that you're not filtering out the impurities in, plastic bottles you're drinking out of. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you haven't listened to my podcast with Laura Adler about toxicity in the environment, you want to listen to that. So what she's talking about with your second action item, I can't emphasize enough. And so what would be your third action, take action item? So I was thinking about this and my definition of self-love is doing anything that makes you feel pretty or makes you feel happy. So for, it could be as simple as painting your nails, taking a bath. I know for me, I love animals. So going to a zoo or playing with animals, just anything. So do one little simple thing every single day, whatever it may be, before bed, as soon as you wake up, during your lunch break, whatever it may be, every single day. Have it as a non-negotiable because when your cup is filled up and you feel like you're making time for you, you know, you're not going to feel so drained during the day. You're not going to feel like, oh, I'm putting myself on the back burner. You know, put yourself first and Paint your nails a different color every day. Do your hair. Get dressed up for no reason. Even if you're hanging around the house all day, get dressed up. You know, just do something every day that makes you happy and makes you feel pretty. I love that. Those are great action items. You heard it here. And my last question I want to ask you is the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Radio. How do you define Her Brilliant Health? Her Brilliant Health. So I think, you know, as with success, it's in the eye of the beholder. So with her brilliant health, um, doing whatever it is, whenever it is, um, that makes you feel healthy and being in tune with your body. I love it. Great definition. Thank you so much. And thank you for your journey And for doing the work that you do, you're helping so many women find their truth, find brilliant health, find their true path towards health and healing. And 
finding self-love. So thank you so much. And thank you for sharing that with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you're inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.